So the Conovers are here. They pastor a church, a great church uh, in Yorkville, right? And uh, I just appreciate a young man and a young lady who would give their lives to the ministry. Um, it really is becoming more and more rare that somebody would take on the burden uh, of, of pastoring a church. And, and uh, you'd be a fool to do it without a call of God. But these, these two have a call of God in their lives. And they have two wonderful young ladies here that have been a joy to be around. And I just, I appreciate their fellowship. I appreciate the gifting in their life. So I want you to stand together as Pastor Drew comes. He's going to come preach the word this morning and give God the glory as he does that. Would you do that? In Jesus' name. Praise God. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in a way because um, i got to follow a baptism, and it doesn't really get any better than that. Amen. The uh, Bible says all heaven rejoices. Uh, so I'm just, I love that. That was, that was so cool. I had no idea that was going to happen. And uh, bap- seeing people get baptized is probably my favorite, probably my favorite thing, that and seeing people get filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, what, an, what an awesome, awesome thing. Amen. So let's just give that young lady another, another hand clap and... Praise God. Praise God. And uh, keep her in your prayers as well. Amen? She's going to need it. We all need it. Amen? Praise God. You guys can be, you guys can be seated. Uh, thank you to, to Pastor Wade for, uh, Pastor Petty's for, for inviting us up here uh, to, to speak today. And uh, um, I remember being just a, a young guy, maybe uh, 10, 11 years old, when I started coming to Pastor Springs Church and seeing... Pastor Petty's come down and preach, and so uh, he probably doesn't remember me from back then, but I remember seeing him preach. Uh, so it's a blessing to be here, and uh, let's just pray before we get into it. Amen? Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful day, God, that you've gifted us today, Lord. Thank you for another day with breath in our lungs, God. Thank you for another opportunity, God, to give you glory, God, to worship you, Lord, God, to God to just give you what you deserve, Lord, which is all of us. God, help us. God, to submit ourselves to your word today. God, open up our hearts and our minds to receive what you have for us. God, help us, Lord God, to to take hold of this word today. God, to let this word, this seed that's going to be planted here today, God, to take root in our hearts, God, and to bear fruit in our lives. Lord God, to multiply the kingdom. God, to multiply your glory, God, and to multiply this assembly. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Praise God. I've uh, got this word for you, and normally the way God works with me when I, when I speak is um, He gives it to me like the night before, or He'll give me something the night before, and then He'll change it during worship. And, you know, it's like I'm always kind of flying by the, by the seat of my pants here, but, but God gave me this word a few weeks ago, and He told me that it was for you guys for this day. Uh, so I just pray that you guys listen. Uh, and, and hear, and you know, not just be here, but, but hear this word because uh, I believe that God laid it on my heart for someone in this place today. might just be for one of you, uh, but that's how God works. Amen? Uh, so I was at this Bible study. I go to this Bible study uh, once in a while. It's, um, it's led by a friend of mine, and he, he goes to a different church, but uh, there's people from like five or six churches in the area that come to this Bible study. And um, the guy who's leading it, he's kind of, well, my wife knows him. He's a good guy, Earl. Um, good guy, loves the Lord. And, um, you know, he was talking. And as he was speaking, he was asking people to, uh, 
I forget if he was asking people to pray for something or something of that nature, and he goes, um, you know, uh, and there's a few pastors that attend it, and uh, he's, he was talking, he said, you know, for the pastors and the deacons and, and the leaders here, or, you know, even if you're, you're just a believer, uh, you can pray for this too. And um, it kind of struck me when he said that, when he said just a believer. And uh, the kids in here who have their little packets and stuff that I talk to, that's, the, that's what I told them. They asked what it's going to be about, and I said, I'm going to preach about being just a believer. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Mark chapter 16. I'm going to read uh, verses 17 and 18. Mark 16, 17 says this, And these signs shall follow pastors, apostles, evangelists, elders, deacons, worship leaders, and it will die out with the first church. Or No. I must be reading the NIV here. Uh, just kidding. Maybe. Uh, what my Bible actually says is this, And these signs shall follow them that what? Believers. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Now let me just say this with the taking up serpents. If I see you guys wrangling snakes... I'm going to ask Pastor Wade to slap you. I won't, because, you know, not, you know, but I'll ask him to. Uh, that word serpents just means sly people, tricksters and stuff, okay? So anyway, don't be grabbing snakes. Um, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Mine says that believers do those things. Just Regular, plain old believers. It's the only requirement that I see here is that you're a believer. Because true believers are capable of anything. I'm going to say that again. Think about this. True believers are capable of anything. If you can dream it, God can do it through you and then some. Because it's above all that we ask or think. Amen? I know his imagination is better than mine because I never could have dreamed up a giraffe. Okay, so whatever you think that God could do through you, multiply it. And that's, that's what he can do. And that's only scratching the surface of what he's capable of. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation chapter 2. And uh, verses 2 and 3 we're going to read here. And I've got a bunch of scripture for you. Hope that doesn't offend anybody. Uh, but I got a bunch today, and that's uh, it's a good thing, amen? If I'm quoting scripture, I can't be wrong. So, Revelation 2, verses 2 and 3 say this, I know your works, everybody say works, and your labor, say labor, and your patience, say patience. That's a hard one sometimes. Uh, and how you cannot bear them which are evil, and you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And have borne and have patience and for my name's sake have labored and not fainted. This is all believer stuff. He's writing to the church here. To the people. This isn't to the pastor saying, I know, I know how hard you've labored. And I know the patience you've had, worship leader and deacon. And I know how hard you work. No, he's, he's writing this to the believers. You know, 
for so long, Pastor was talking about religion. And part of what religion does is it separates people. Clergy and laity. You know, and then there's even more throughout that. Then all the, all the people in the congregation are split up. You know, the people who have money and the broke people and these people and that people and, you know, the ones that are good and the ones that aren't any good. And, but what Jesus does is he brings them together. Amen? He, he doesn't start separating people and putting them on levels. He says, you're all believers. You know, before I'm a pastor, I'm a believer. Before I'm a pastor, before I do any of that stuff, before I play the bass, I'm called to just love people and share, share Jesus with them. And so are you. You know, the pastor is just like a title that people like to use. They like to slap it on people. And I'm not, you know, Jesus enumerated all that stuff, and it's good. But we're all believers. There's nothing different about me than there is about you. Amen? There really isn't. It's just a different part of the body. But the body all has to work together. The body of what? Believers. It's a body of believers. That's what we are. And we're following him. So my part might be different, but it's okay. Because I'm still just a believer. I was talking to, to Bill this morning, and he said, you know, it's cool because you're just a regular guy. And I said, ah, thanks, Bill. I'm just, a, I'm just a regular old guy. But it's true, I am. I'm just, I'm just a regular guy. And that's, that's all that we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be believers. But I want to teach you something about believers this morning. Acts chapter 4 and verse 34. Verses 34 and 35 say this, Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of land or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made for every man according as he had need. Who did this? Who sold their stuff to make provision for the others? The believers. Didn't say the pastors did it. Didn't say the apostles did it. It said believers, regular old believers, just a believer. They sold their stuff and they made provision for the people who didn't have it. Let's jump up to uh, verses 31 through 32 here. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Everybody say shaken. And they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither said any of them that anything of the things which uh, he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. They all spoke with boldness. They were all filled with the same spirit. Amen? It's not like God said, oh, I'm going to give you my spirit and I'm just going to give you like just this. I'll just give you some joy. No, he filled them all with the same spirit. Is the Holy Spirit that's in me any different than in you? I hope not. Because it wouldn't be the Holy Spirit if it's any different. Amen? Philippians 3.14 not 4.13, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is pressing towards the high calling, not his own. Not his calling as a pastor or an apostle or whatever it is. It's the high calling. We all have the same calling. Amen? You guys believe that? 
You know, there's not a special calling on pastors. It's just a different one than what you've got. It's the same calling. It's just fulfilling it in a different way. Amen? The high calling is to imitate Jesus, to believe, to share his word, to love the world, and make disciples out of them. Amen? You know, to me, after reading some of these scriptures, it seems like being just a believer is a little more than this guy might have thought. And I don't think he was trying to downplay it, but it's just, it's just the way it came out. It really kind of it gutted me when he said it. And uh, to me, being just a believer is the most important job since Jesus. Amen? Because he came and taught us how to be believers. Amen? He just wants us to believe. It sounds like a regular old believer is supposed to be a tongue-talking, serpent-smacking, poison-drinking, sick-healing, bold-speaking, power-praying, gospel-preaching, need-meeting, building-shaking, patience-having, hard-working, faith-speaking, world-changer. Now, I just got that from the Scriptures. That's, I didn't make any of that stuff up. That's what He wants you guys to do. He wants you to change the world. Amen? He wants you to change the world around you. He wants you to heal sick people. Oh, I can't do that. I, I don't have the gift of healing. Well, what are you talking about? you got the same spirit as everyone else. So it says, they that believe will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I'm not called to do that. No, you're not called. You're commanded. <laughs> Go out and do it. It's a lot stronger than a call. You're commanded to do that. You're supposed to do all this stuff. This is not just for the, the ministry. I don't, I don't see the ministry in the Bible. The ministry is us. It's all of us. We all have the same purpose, the same goal, the same thing. You know, when they were all together in the upper room, it said they were in one mind and one accord. And they did awesome things. About 120 of them got filled with the Spirit. They all had the same goal. They didn't care who was doing what. They all knew they had different jobs, but it was for the same purpose. And they went out that day, and 3,000 people got saved. You see, in biblical times, they didn't count women and children, though. It just said 3,000 men. But there was families in town. They all came in. So it was 3,000 men. Who knows about women and children that got saved? The church grew exponentially. Amen? Doesn't sound like just a believer is kind of a lame job, is it? It's not just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just a believer. What do you do? I'm, I'm just a believer. Wow, how awesome is that? Hold your head up high when you say you're a believer in Jesus. Amen? Don't say, oh, I, I don't really do anything in the church. No, I'm a believer. I heal people. I, I pray for people and they get healed and I meet people's needs. And when I see that someone is, is fallen, I go and I pick them up and I love them. And I, I preach the gospel and I show people what it means to be a believer to be a follower of Jesus. Hold your head up high when you say that. Don't say, oh, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have a ministry. I don't. You've got the high calling. Same as I do. Same as Pastor Wade does. Same as Ned does. For the most part. I love Ned. Listen, wherever, wherever you preach, you need like a scapegoat. Okay? <laughs> Like, you need someone that you can pick on, and, and I know Ned's got big shoulders and a strong back, so he can take it. Amen? 
Praise the Lord, Brother Ned. Acts chapter 6, verses 3 through 8. I want to read this to you. This is really cool. This teaches us so much about what it means to be a believer and how important being a believer is. Because a lot of times I know for a fact that people feel like they don't have a job. They don't have a purpose in a church. They feel like they're just, well, I'm holding this chair down so it doesn't float away every Sunday. But it's much more than that. It is much, 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 much more than that. And I want to show you that. Wherefore, brethren, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and that guy, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse 7. And the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem. What? Greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. You guys know what these guys, what this, this business was? What was it? They were, they were waiting tables. So they waited on tables full of the Holy Ghost. The word of God increased. And the number of disciples was greatly multiplied. And a bunch of the unbelieving priests were converted and followed Jesus. So people waiting on tables influenced the priests, and they multiplied the word, and they multiplied the believers greatly. But these guys are just believers. They're just waiting to... They, they didn't have a pulpit. They didn't have a mic. They didn't have a guitar. They didn't have all the stuff that you think you'd need for ministry. They were just bringing people food and clearing plates. They were just bringing people food and clearing plates... And the church was greatly multiplied because they were just believers. They understood that it didn't matter what they were doing in the body. They just had to be doing something in the body. They understood that they had the same exact Holy Spirit that the apostles had. But God just had a different way for them to serve in the body. Think about it, guys. How, how many of you have felt like Oh, if I could just wait tables at potluck at church. I know the word would be increased. And I know that the church would need to build a new building if I could just wait some tables. But that's what happened. It sounds stupid, but church, I'm telling you guys, whether you're cleaning the bathroom or sweeping the dry, I don't know, whatever you do around here, the place looks nice, so somebody's cleaning the joint. But whatever you're doing, do it full of the Holy Ghost. You might, you might think, oh, whatever, but when someone comes in, come on. When someone comes in and they see that the building is clean, their first time, but you know what? What would you think if you walked into a church that looked like a dump? It's your first time there, and the place looks like a dump. The preacher was good, but the place was ratty, and no one cared to pick it up, and everything was kind of in disrepair, and half the light bulbs were out. What would you think? But if you come in and the place looks good, 
you don't have to worry about it. Your mind's not focused on that. You can be focused on the Word and on the music and all this stuff. Everything that happens here is important. You could have the best pastor in the world, the best preaching the world has ever known. And if all the other stuff isn't being done, it's no good because people aren't going to hear it. Amen? The people weren't listening to the apostles because they were ticked off that the widows, their widows, weren't getting taken care of. That's, that's where this whole thing happened. The apostles were trying to do it all, and they said, no, this isn't right. We're, we're not able to do all this. We need some people full of the Holy Ghost. We need some believers that are going to take care of these widows and, and wait on them hand and foot. But they got to be full of the Holy Ghost because they knew. They knew that it was just as important as what they were doing because no one, everyone will stop their ears up if they don't see the other stuff getting taken care of. So if there aren't the people to come and clean and make sure the toilets look good and the bathroom looks good and the floor looks good and this stuff is taken care of and people are greeted and people are welcomed and people are shown around, if, if none of those needs are being met, they're going to plug their ears when it comes time to hear the preacher. And then everything dies. It's, it's dead before it ever gets a chance to live. But if there will be some believers who will take ownership and work and say, I'm a believer and I know that this is just vacuuming, but I'm going to do it. And it's going to be great. And I'm going to shake everybody's hand that comes through that door. And I'm going to greet them with a smile. The word will increase. Whatever word is being preached, you increase it. You make an extra impact on that word because they felt the love and the fellowship that you gave them before the word ever came. You till the ground for the seed to be sown. Amen? Church, don't ever think that what you're doing is unimportant. It never is. I don't care how small you think it is. When I wanted to get, you know, I, I felt like I wanted to do something in church when I was younger. And Pastor Spring told me, well, bathrooms need to be cleaned. I was like, yeah, I was thinking, you know, maybe something a little cooler than that. But I did it. And back in the day before we had these cool projectors, we had those little transparencies. And the, I was the guy who switched those. That was my thing for a long time. Okay, so, but if I wasn't switching those, then no one would know the words and how they're going to get into worship. If I wasn't cleaning the bathroom, who's going to open the door and say, well, see you later. I'm out of this place. Come on. It's all important. Every single bit of it. Every single bit of it. And if you will do what you think is a menial task, if you will do it full of the Holy Ghost, you will increase the Word. And believers will be multiplied. Greatly multiplied. But it takes everyone doing their stuff. Everyone doing their stuff. Amen? No matter where you find yourself in the, in the body today, no matter, you know, whatever you're doing, if you do it full of the Spirit, you'll notice a difference. And you know what? It won't just be with the people around you. It'll be in your heart. If you stop grumbling that you've got to clean the toilets, seriously, if you stop, oh, just, I'm just sweeping today, I'm just vacuuming, I'm just, I'm just this, you'll do it full of the Holy Ghost. You'll be a witness to the people around you. They'll come by and they say, man, the carpet looks really good today. Now, I know so-and-so did that. Wow. 
You know, I, I know the difference when, when different people clean a church. Because there's some people that come in and they love it. They're like, I'm doing this for Jesus, you know. They don't do it as a labor. Like, they're doing it because they, they love it and they want to be there. And they just, they can't wait to help some way. They're full of the Holy Ghost when they do it. And the place looks great. And there's other people that come in and it's a burden. And it's, you know, you'll never see anyone vacuum so fast. You know, and you can tell the difference. Whether someone's full of the Holy Ghost or whether they're doing it grudgingly. I'm going to tell you that, that regular believers, just believers, are the ones that drive the gospel. Because you know how much your pastor can do in the community to spread the gospel? Anyone? He can do as much as one man can do, and that's it. But if every single one of you did your part in spreading the gospel, think about how greatly the word would increase. Amen? You know, maybe, maybe you're not even involved in doing stuff here, but if you're doing your part as a believer, you're going to make other believers. From the very beginning of the word, before sin ever entered the world, God's command was to be fruitful and multiply. That applies to the church, too. When you're born again, you're supposed to reproduce after your kind. So you're not part of this world, so you need to reproduce your kind in others. You need to reproduce after your kind at work. I want to multiply my faith in my friends. I want to multiply my faith into my family. And when we do that, full of the Holy Ghost, our world begins to change. The world around us begins to change. And then this place begins to change. And this place grows and it begins to affect the whole area and then the region. And you're like, oh yeah, come on. I'm serious. The Bible says that the 12 turned the world upside down. You got more than 12, but they all did their part. If we all did our part, full of the Holy Ghost, whether you're waiting tables, scrubbing toilets, vacuuming, doesn't matter. Or if you're on the worship team, we're preaching. You can't do that as just something that you do either. Got to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen? And I know you guys are blessed with the people up here, and you don't have to worry about that. Except maybe Bill. I don't know. He drives a Prius. I don't even know. I love Bill. Bill's the man. Um, look, church, believers preach the word. They preach the word with their words and how they live their life at work and at home and around their friends and at church. Believers sacrifice their time and their talent and their treasure to meet the needs of those around them and to further the mission of the gospel. Are you just a believer? You know, this guy made being a believer sound like it was... Uh, I, I look at this and I say, wow, can I step up? To being just a believer? Can, can, I, can I raise up to that level of, of being the one that's going to pray and have someone be healed and, and be the one that's going to spread the gospel wherever I am and I'm going to be the one that lifts up my coworkers when they're down and I'm going to be the one that prays for them at work and I'm going to be the one that lifts the kid up at school that keeps getting picked on and I'm going to be the one and I'm going to be the one and I'm going to be the one. Can I get to that level? Man, being just a believer is huge. 
And we look down on it, but it's, God's like, no, it's, it's way up here. Can you even get there? Well, the answer is yes. And it's not just on you. It's God lifting you up to that level. Okay? There's things that my kids can't get up on, so they come to me and I pick them up. And I set them up there. And that's what God wants to do. He said, I want you to be a believer. And he sets you up there. Because we can't get there on our own. Don't ever look at what you're doing as, oh, it's just this. Wow. I can't believe God lifted me up to this. I can't believe God made me a believer. Because I know the word and it says that I'm, I can do all this stuff since I'm a believer. Since I'm a believer. What an awesome responsibility. It's literally the most important thing you can do. Literally. Amen? Will you accept the challenge to be a regular old Christian? Will you step up to the challenge of being just a believer? Being a believer is exciting and it can be dangerous. Amen? It really can be. If we're doing what Jesus called us to do, we're not going to be bored. Amen? And, and you're not gonna, it's not going to be like... That's what religion does. Religion puts you in like this endless cycle of chasing your tail to get to God. But being a believer brings you above all that and Jesus says the mark is the high calling and it's way up there press towards it and I'll help you the entire time I'll I'll be your feet I'll help you get there because I know you can't do it but if we would just believe all these things are possible if we believe that what we're going to do is going to make a difference it will if we believe that loving someone at work will make a difference, it will. But if you think that what you're doing is useless, it'll be useless. I've seen so many people that didn't value their calling to believe. And they wasted their life not even getting to the level of being a believer. They were just a churchgoer. They were a church member. They might even have been a tither. Well, I give. Hey, I, I support it. I give. I do this. Yeah, but are you a believer? Do you really believe what's in here? Do you really believe that when you go down in that water, that you come up and everything is passed away, and he has made you totally new? Do you believe that when he fills you with his spirit, that He can do anything through you. Do we really believe that all things are possible with Him, through Him? We, we love to say that we do, but we don't always live like it. And I'm preaching to myself. Every, every day we, we miss the high calling in some way because we get caught up in our routine. And we miss the fact that God has so much for us believers. That we are not called to a natural, ordinary, normal life, but to supernatural, 
And every day we need to look after that, to search, to press towards that high calling of being a believer. Because if I believe, I've got to believe that I can do anything, absolutely anything. There is a world outside these doors that desperately needs you to be just a believer. Watch the news. Pick up a newspaper if anyone still does that. Look at the news on your phone. Whatever you got to do, you see that the world is crazy. It's shot. They're just, they're flailing, looking for something. You know? The way the Bible puts it is they're, they're just beating the air. They, they got nothing. And that's why they need you to be a believer. They need you. They need you. I don't know who does who does the altar call, Bill. There are people next to you who need you to answer the high calling to be a believer. Yes, people in church have problems and they need you. They need you to love them, to help them, to be with them to answer that calling to be a believer. And so I want to ask you today, will you be a believer? Will you press towards that mark? You might not hit it every day, but you're pressing towards it. Amen? Will you be a believer? Will you stop looking down on what you're called to do? And look at it as an incredible opportunity to increase the word. An incredible opportunity to increase the disciples. To show religious people the truth. My God, I can't think of anything more important. I can't think of anything more important. So today, I want to challenge you to be a believer. Be a believer at work not just a church. Be a believer at home. Be a believer when you're driving your car and someone cuts you off. Be a believer. And you will see God multiply your life. You'll see God multiply your faith. You'll see God multiply this building, this church, this assembly, and multiply the kingdom. When people get together and they decide they're going to do something, that's it. If a bunch of people get together and say, we're going to be believers, nothing's going to stop the kingdom in that area. Nothing is going to stop Jesus and what he wants to do in that area. But you got to make the decision. you got to say, God, I want to be a believer. Whatever it is you got for me, Lord, whatever the, my mission is, whatever my calling is, whatever my job is, I'm going to do it, Lord, and I want to do it full of the Holy Ghost. And I want to do it with a cheerful heart, and I want to do it for you. It's just the thing, we get caught up with, with people. I don't know if I want to do this, you know, because Ned asked me, or, or, or Pastor asked me, I, I don't know, I feel like I'm just doing it for them. You're not. You're doing it for the kingdom. You're doing it for Jesus Christ. Amen? Man, whatever you do, the Bible says, whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord.
I won't say do it religiously. Do it as unto the Lord, as if Jesus asked you to do it. Full of the Holy Ghost and love and gladness and watch what happens in your life. That's a challenge. I'm issuing you a challenge. Prove God with this. Pastor, that's all I got, brother. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Stand with me this morning, would you? Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Come on. It's whether you're driving down the freeway or you're just going to work. There's no place that you're not that you're not light to this world if you believe. And how important of a job is it for us in this present darkness to shine? God wants us to shine. He needs us to shine. That's how He's chosen to to, to reproduce and, and to save people that we would preach the gospel not by every word that we speak but by the lives that we live because we believe. So Father, this morning at the close of this service, Lord, I want to renew my commitment to You that, that I'm not serving You just when I come into this house. But I serve you every day, every moment of my life. Whether it's at the table at my home, oh God, or or on the road, or, or on my job, wherever I am, Jesus, with my friends. My God, I believe you. I'm asking you, God, to use my faith in the life that I've committed to you, God, to glorify your goodness, your mercy. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, if you want to be encouraged in your faith, we're going to gather around here and pray. If you need healing in your life, there's some believers right now that will pray for you. If you you need something to rejoice over, let me give you something. Her name's Ashley Young. We can rejoice over that. If you want to just come down here and be encouraged, would you come down? And let's just pray together. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Believe with one another. In Jesus' name, I invite you to come and pray. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in 